and welcome to the How to Be a Money Magpie podcast. I'm Jasmine Bertles and I'm a money expert and the founder of moneymagpie.com and I'm joined by Annie Thorpe, our content editor. Hi Annie. Hiya. Where are you at the moment Annie? I'm based in York, so it's very nice and warm here. Lovely, lovely. And we've also got our producer, John Offord. Say hi, John. Hi, Jasmine. How are you? Good, thank you. Now, where are you, John? I'm also in Yorkshire, but I'm in sunny Sheffield. Oh, fabulous. So I'm in London. We've got London, we've got uh, and, and Yorkshire, basically, at the moment. And this is the second episode of our new podcast series, uh, because we basically would like you to really find out what it means to be a money magpie and find out how you can become one yourself. That's why we've launched this podcast, where we'll be talking about the hottest money topics of the day. And of course, keeping you up to date on the latest ways to manage your money. More than that, though, you'll be part of it, too, because we'll be sharing Tweet of the Week. And that's your hottest tips and personal finance stories. Reader questions will feature heavily, too. So make sure you post your burning questions on the podcast thread on our forum. Yeah, that's an important thing. We've got um, a forum, discussion boards, message boards, whatever you want to call them. And we do answer all types of questions. And it's particularly, let's be honest, it is Annie um, who answers the bulk of them, I would say. Annie, you you are my go-to person with, with all sorts of things. Um, and at the moment, uh, the thing we're talking about a lot, let's be honest, is, is redundancies. Are you getting a lot of questions about redundancies on the message boards at the moment? Yes, I think it's something that's of great concern to a lot of people, um, especially those people who are still on furlough and they don't know whether their companies are going to reopen or or if they're going to open half and lay off half. And it's all a bit confusing for everyone. So, yeah, it really is, isn't it? I mean, every day it seems that we're hearing about another company either actually folding or simply shedding a whole load. I mean, we've just heard about uh, WH Smith getting rid of what, one and a half thousand jobs, something like that, Hayes Travel. We've already had you know, earlier in the lockdown, those ones that were kind of teetering on the brink anyway, like Carluccio's, Cat Kidson. I mean, we're even now hearing about Weatherspoons. I mean, the spoons, you know, you can't believe that that they're getting, but pubs, the pub chains, they, they are not in a happy state at the moment, are they? No, I think hospitality um, is, is has been hit very hard. Um, I'm, I'm, I live in a city where we run on tourism. So all of the hotels have been hit hard and we are a tourist and hospitality industry. The economy in, in York is, is appalling. Um, and I know of many people who are still furloughed um, that, you know, they're chefs and waitresses or they're working in events and they've all been cancelled and no one really knows what's going on and we're trying to limp along and and pretend that things are are fine and the economy's reopening but I I think it's going to be a big challenge. It is going to be a challenge you know there there are two ways of looking at it really you know on the one hand we can um, look at the the doom and gloom and there is there's a lot of that and there's there's going to be let's be be honest you know it's going to be tough for I would think at least a a year or so um, as we adjust other people are saying well if you look back in history you have these big surges these these big shocks um, and and a lot of good comes out of it so you know it we kind of have to to get a balance about it and that is one of the reasons why we've invited Liam Evans to come and talk to us today hello Liam are you there hi Jasmine thanks for having us on Well, thank you. Where are you, Liam? Are you in London? West London, yes. Ah, 
All right. So it's the London and Yorkshire crew today. That's nice. And Liam, your campaigns and communications officer uh, from the leading charity Turn to Us. And Turn to Us is a charity I regularly mention in interviews. Um, and certainly recently I have mentioned it many times when I've been on you know, TV and radio, whatever, and people go, what can people do if they're worried about their money? What can they do, et cetera, et cetera? Um, because you you help people who are living in poverty in the UK and Ireland. And, um, and I should also say here, because I've been told to, um, that we have produced a free ebook in conjunction with Turn To Us, which you can download from moneymagpie.com um, and it can help you plan for redundancy, navigate the pro process, and also, um, give you lots of ideas for creating new jobs, getting new work, and, and really creating your own work, your own business. And I think this is something that we're going to see a lot of um, that's that's coming up. Liam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us on. And a um, massive thanks uh, to Annie as well for the for the ebook. It is, it's, a, it's an extraordinary piece of work. Good. Well, thank you. You heard it here. It is an extraordinary piece of work and it's free. Download it now. So, Tell me first about Turn To Us, etc. Exactly what do you guys do? Um, so Turn To Us is a 120-year-old uh, charity with roots in the Victorian benevolent system, um, but we've come a long way since then. Um, we're, we're simply a, a practical um, poverty charity, so we, we give people practical help. We give cash grants uh, to the tune of about £4 million a year, so you can call our helpline or visit our website. Um, and request a cash grant. Um, there's a number of other things we do. We have a benefits calculator, which the government signposts to. It takes 10 minutes to fill in. You can find out what welfare benefits you're entitled to. Yeah, because I, I have been mentioning the, the charity money that, that you have access to. I mean, you, you actually, as you say, you can physically give people cash money. You, you have access to a lot of grants and you've got your own. But I'm hearing, I've had press releases from, from you guys um, just over the last few months during lockdown to say you need more money because, I mean, have you been cleaned out by lockdown or is there still money that can be accessed? For sure. I mean, on, on, a, on a standard year, uh, we, we give out about four million pounds in grants. Um, but in the peak 100 days of coronavirus, you know, March, April, May, um, we gave out about two million pounds just within that in that short period. Um, we we're, we're relatively lucky in the sense that people have been donating. Um, we had an appeal with the Telegraph, which raised just over a million pounds, um, which we put straight into a new grant fund, which we called the Turn to Us Coronavirus Grant Fund. Which the eligibility criteria was was pretty simple. Um, it was if you've had half of your income affected by the coronavirus and you have less than £1,000 in savings, you can be eligible for a £500 grant. So we gave out, um, I think, three or 4,000 of them in the space of about 100 days. Um, we, we, we're still giving grants. We haven't run out of money, uh, but we have temporarily closed the coronavirus grant fund and we're just giving grants to our pre-existing grant funds such as the Edinburgh Trust, the Elizabeth Finn Fund and the Response Fund. Okay, so you work with, with other funds and you, so you're, you're sending it direct to people, but you're also sending it direct to other charitable organisations for them to hand out, is that right? In some cases, so for example, the Edinburgh Trust is is an arm of, of turn to us, uh, but we work with Edinburgh Council and we only give grants to people who are struggling with money in Edinburgh. Um, but by and large, they're mostly in internal grants uh, grant funds that we give direct to individuals. So this is uh, something that I think more and more people need to know. And certainly, as we've said in the last few months, there have been people 
who have had no money coming in. I mean, I, I know people, I'm sure you do, musicians, um, small businesses, people who are limited companies, etc., who've just seen their income wiped off the face of the earth, essentially. Um, I, have you found that it's these people that have been coming to you for, for cash help or, or just help? Um, in other words, people that you haven't had in the past. Have you, have you noticed this difference? For sure. And um, Jasmine, yeah, the, the first thing I would say is, is, is totally the, the point you make um, is so valuable. It's grants, are, they're often described as the best kept secret in the charity world. I mean, just not enough people know about them. A lot of people think they're just for students or, or just for organisations. But um, there are a whole host of benevolent funds. I'd recommend looking on our grant search. There are grants for people who are are vegetarians or ex-Formula One drivers or if you work in in, a, in, a, in retail or in hospitality or if you if you if you work in agriculture I mean there's thousands and thousands of grant funds specifically for different types of people whether that's age race gender profession um, so I'd really recommend looking out but but absolutely the 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 types of people we've had coming to us is it's been, it's been um, in both in scale and diversity, it's been staggering. Um, so we found that people in atypical types of employment, so that's, you know, anything other than standard employment, so self-employed people, people on zero hour contracts, et cetera, um, specifically younger and older groups. So 18 to 24 year olds, and then at the other end of the spectrum, 54 plus year old. Um, so we found a much more diverse, you know, it's the it's the working age group that we found to be less affected. We've also found workers from black and ethnic minority groups are more likely to experience financial hardship, about 58% of BAME workers. Um, and if you dig down into certain groups, it's about 80% of Bangladeshi workers compared to about 40%, uh, 47% of white workers. Um, so we've seen an interesting diversity in, in what types of employment and who's that been affecting. Um, you know, taxi drivers, for example, often come from Bangladeshi backgrounds, which there's just been so limited work for. We've also found that women are facing the harshest economic impact of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, we did some internal research that has worked out that the coronavirus pandemic has actually increased the gender pay gap by about £62 a month. Um, so in terms of the people, uh, the, the type of people who have been coming to us, it's both in scale and diversity. Um, that we've been noticing uh, certain trends. Mm, interesting. And, and, and the sad thing, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking, yeah, here we go again. You know, women doing worse as as always, BAME uh, workers doing worse as always. It, it it's a sad thing, but it does it does feel like every time you get a big shock, um, it's certain areas, certain types of people who always seem to be the ones on the front line. Um, and I guess, you know, speaking as a woman, um, this is something that we we all have to address. Um, th there has to be a way. And, and things are improving in, in some areas, but we just have to work a bit harder at um, uh, pulling up, uh, getting more equality um, and, and maybe changing the way we're thinking as well. Absolutely. Do you think that um, with the change in uh, how the economy is going to uh, be working in the future. More and more companies are working remotely and it looks like there are going to be more freelance opportunities, which obviously lends itself to being far more flexible. Um, do you think that that might help to redress the balance between um, these minorities and women and uh, the gender pay gap that we are now seeing as an immediate impact of coronavirus? Do you think it could be an opportunity for change? On the one hand, yes, I think we found, um, I mean, in sort of the small bubble that I work in, you know, we found 
some parents being able to sort of have a lot more flexibility without having to spend an hour or two on the tube into and out of the office every day. You know, they're gaining two or two, three, four hours maybe without any transport time. And that's really helped them. And we've seen that in practice. Um, in the other hand, uh, on the other hand, I think there are practical limitations to it, for example. So obviously only office work is a certain type of work, um, you know, where we're seeing uh, huge problems when we're expecting a significant amount of redundancies in the coming months as the furlough scheme comes to an end. Um, in places like Blackpool, for example, where it's, you know, very heavily tourist based industries, um, you just simply can't work from home. Yeah, I think that's going to be one of the big problems in New York as well. Um, a lot of people are part time employers, employees, um, particularly um, parents or, and younger people. That's a big student heavy town. So people graduate and stay here and they're the young people who are affected um, because they are on zero hours contracts and things like that. So you're right in some in some industries, I think uh, the, the the divide will probably exist for quite a long time. Um, but hopefully the freelance uh, economy will do something to sort of level things out. Yeah, that's certainly something that we, we work on um, on Money Magpie. Um, you know, you always think, OK, if one door closes, uh, there'll be a, an open window somewhere. So <laughs> this is this is what we're, uh, we're, we're constantly trying to um, help people with. You know, if OK, a job is gone there's going to be another um, opportunity somewhere else. But it is difficult, as you say, you know, you're talking about Blackpool, um, when you've got entire communities um, that that are having problems and are going to have problems because of uh, redundancies, because an entire sector seems to have collapsed, at least for the moment, at least. And and so do you feel that that um, is one of the main issues that you're going to be dealing with when it comes to redundancies? Um, Or or are there other particular things that you're expecting to come up due to all the redundancies in the next few months? I mean, I think it's fair to say that, especially during the peak of lockdown, everyone was affected to some degree. Um, I think I saw some stat that said around 70 percent of kids across the UK have seen their parents lose income, whether it's through lost hours, uh, lost jobs, just being on the furlough scheme. Um, So I think everyone's been affected. And I think moving forward, the the biggest thing we're going to see is select groups being affected, right? Um, So it will be like you were saying, um, those certain communities where the work is very dependent on you know where social exclusion it, it, it doesn't doesn't work or um you know the tourist industries i think the in in regards to sort of looking forward about the biggest concerns ours that turn to us certainly are the the, the redundancies that are going to be made as the furlough scheme is is being retracted and as people need to produce more money but i think the the important thing um is that 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 there there's i guess you can sort of we have been dwelling on the circumstance, both the, you know, the financial, emotional and physical consequences of the coronavirus over the last sort of four months, 150 days, however long it's been. Um, but now is the time, I guess, to try and uh, pull ourselves up and, and, and be practical about what we can do. And I mean, for the, the, the ebook that Money Magpie produces, a fantastic example. Um, and I think it's about now is time to talk about the solutions. And that's both, you know, having to make bold and ambitious recommendations to the government. You know, what we're seeing on the front line, we're telling them every day, this is what people with lived experience of not having enough money are asking for. Um, 
but also taking the individual responsibility, you know, to find out how you can increase your income and, and reduce your expenditure. Yeah, because um, it, it, as you say, um, th- this is the thing that's um, going to be facing in, in real time and day to day basis, people who are being made redundant. And so if, when somebody is made redundant or they, they fear that they will be, what are your, your first pieces of advice? What should they immediately do? My first piece of advice is always check what benefits you're entitled to. Um, I think ben, uh, our welfare system, our social security net in, in the UK, I mean, don't get me wrong, it could be improved, but uh, this is money you're entitled to. And we have a strange disposition when we think about it in the UK. You know, we often think about um, shame and stigma and fraud and that benefit street environment. But, but realistically, 20 million people claim benefits in some shape or form from the Department of Work and Pensions. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of us. Um, and, and we shouldn't feel ashamed for claiming what we're entitled to because it's exactly that. It's an entitlement. We should treat it like we treat our NHS. You know, we should be, we should be proud that there's something there for us when we need it. Um, so I would, I would always urge people to recommend, uh, I'd always recommend people to claim what they're entitled to, make a claim. You know, you're often missing out on, I think, the average person who claims benefits um, after using the turn to us benefit calculator finds out that they're entitled to about six and a half thousand pounds a year, which is a huge amount of money. Um, and I'd, so I'd, I'd, I'd recommend, and there's, you know, billions over 17 billion pounds worth of benefits are unclaimed every year. Um, so there's a huge pot of money out there for thousands and thousands and thousands of people, millions of people, um, who, who, who are missing out on money and, you know, could be, could be entitled to a significant sum. Um, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say check out the Money Magpie website as good, well. Good man, exactly what I like to hear. Um, so it's certainly your benefits. Um, and then, um, I, I mean, I, I don't know if this is your area, but something we mentioned is dusting up, uh, uh, get, updating your CV, um, really getting, uh, trying to network. I mean, usually we say to people, you know, get out there, network. You can't really get out there so much, but there is the online. I mean, LinkedIn, I think, is it's so busy at the moment with lots of people thinking, God, I've got, I've got to increase my connections. Um, but also, I'm, I'm guessing that you give people some um, budgeting advice as well, because, you know, when, when the, the money is going to stop, that's when you've got to really cut back on your expenditures, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, this is actually where we signpost people to you, Jasmine. Um, I mean, yeah, we have our certain expertise, especially around welfare benefits and around charitable grants. Um, and we try and host as much information on our, on our website, you know, around related topics such as redundancies. But there are just uh, certain experts in this area. And, and uh, Jasmine, you and, the, you and the team are one of them. So we, we often sign people to Money Magpie. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. So so finally, Liam, um, going forward, you know, you, I mean, you're, you're talking about young people, older people coming to you and, and you know, women, um, BAME members. Um, what what do you think are the things? I mean, this this is a big question to th- to throw at you. But how do you feel? Are there any things that you've been thinking about it? How do you feel that as a nation, we can build more financial resilience to cope with these economic shocks that we're getting? Because it's it's only been well, was it two thousand and eight was the, the last financial crisis, and this is this is a a bigger thing than that really. I mean, this is an economic crisis as well as a financial crisis. What do you feel that we as a country uh, um, and individually need to do to to get more resilience? Uh, I mean, one of the things we noticed right at the start of the pandemic was the lack of savings people have. I mean, a huge segment of the population have less than £100 in savings. Um, and your average Briton can't really last 32, 33 days without a paycheck. 
Um, so that's a pretty significant issue. And, you know, it's easy to say, just start saving. Um, but when the cost of living is so high, it's, it's not that simple. So I, I guess there's a whole range of sort of social, institutional, uh, societal, um, governmental things to do. And, and it's, it's collective, you know, we as individuals, we, 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 you know, we must start saving for a rainy day, but that's not possible if you're, if you're on a low wage. So then, you know, the government needs to, to increase wages, uh, housing costs are taking up, you know, 30, 40% of, of, of people's income, especially in London, you know, up to 50, 60%. Um, so we need to do something about that. So, I mean, there's a whole range of uh, things. I mean, regarding savings, if you are claiming benefits, there's a great scheme called Help to Save, where for every pound you save, the government contributes as well. Uh, so there are things like that you can do. Um, but I, yeah, I'll just recommend, I think starting with educating yourself. I mean, it's, it's easy to say, but um, for example, I didn't know about Grant before I joined Turn to Us four years ago, um, and it's the, and and now you see the people who apply for them, are the people who know about them, who aren't necessarily the people who need them the most. So I'll, I, would, I would just recommend, you know, um, if you know if you have access to the internet, um, going on Money Magpie, going on Turn to Us, just fi- finding out where it is you can increase your your income and reduce your expenditure because it's the balance of both that's going to make you financially stable fantastic well thank you so much liam liam evans from turn to us it's been really really useful um and annie you have some news for us too yes well i i would like to pass you over really to our producer john because our money magpie podcast isn't just about us it's about you and becoming money magpies yourselves so we want to hear what you think about the big financial issues of the day and your top money making tips so john has been chatting to money magpies about what they're thinking about money john what have you been asking people this week yeah thanks annie so yeah obviously as we all know covid19 has changed nearly every aspect of our daily lives and consumer spending is no exception so generally spending is down across all industries there's lockdown measures have been restricted what we can spend money on due to restaurants and shops being shut and obviously air travel being suspended but obviously time spent indoors has caused us to spend more on home entertainment and groceries. I know that I certainly have spent quite a lot on, on on home deliveries and that kind of thing. But I asked a few of our money magpies how consumer spending has, has affected them during COVID-19. Well, it's made us think twice about everything we had planned and we've put some of our plans on hold. For example, we had set aside some money that we wanted to redecorate the front of our house, both externally and the front living room. Um, and we've just put that on hold until we're in a position to sort of feel comfortable about that level of expenditure. At first, we thought, you know, we're going to save quite a bit of money because I think it, I think it costs me anywhere between seventy and hundred pounds a month just to travel into work um, if I get the bus. And so I thought, okay, brilliant, no, no travel, we're going to save some cash. But with March and bits of April being quite cold, you know, we had the heating on, um, so that like living costs have gone up. So I definitely, I think we're spending more. Um, in some areas, but I think overall we're actually we've saved money. It's just in in you know it's, it's become more expensive in areas that we we didn't anticipate. During COVID nineteen, I limited my spending, especially on areas such as commuting, um, new clothes, new shoes, accessories that you don't really need. But I did see that my spending increased in kind of supermarkets when it came to buying host, home groceries and house products. 
Definitely like that because um, I found during lockdown that I'm, my income did reduce. Um, I mean, I'm freelance and, and a lot of freelance work did reduce, although I carried on working. Um, but my expenditures definitely went down, hardly went to, didn't go to the hairdresser. Um, but yes, um, the supermarket and I became re really good friends, particularly the cream cake section. How about you, Liam? How did you, did you find yourself uh, spending less? Um, definitely the cream cake section as well. Um, I, uh, I, I, th I think so. There, there are certain things that you, you spend less in, in, in lockdown for sure. Um, I think I was maybe saving out. 70 80 pounds a month something like that for my normal outgoings yeah i would i would think that's that's pretty pretty average for for a lot of people what about you annie how much did you save do you think i i was quite disturbed by how much i saved actually um because i'm very lucky i work for myself i work from home um mm. so i didn't have any major changes in terms of commuting and things like that but i did realize that i do like my uh my coffees um, mm. and not being able to go out um, and have a coffee. I normally walk the dog and go to a lovely dog-friendly cafe down the road um, a few times a week just to get some time out. Um, and I've saved an awful lot of money just on uh, making my coffee at home. Um, I have spent more on home entertainment. I tried the, I fell for the Disney Plus free trial um, and signed up for it because I realised it has all the Marvel films on, so I've watched those back to back um which was quite a nerdy experience but has passed the time nicely and i was down at wilco thankfully wilco was open um and i was down there every other day getting more compost more pots um and and then i was online trying to buy flowers you couldn't get them couldn't get plug plants oh gosh it was really difficult so that's that's where a lot of my money's gone my patio should see it it's looking lovely <laughs> I should say as well that um, obviously um, I've not been spending any money on eating out. Who who has? But it'd be interesting to see how this Eat Out to Help Out scheme obviously was launched earlier this month, uh, where you get a 50% discount when you eat out in restaurants registered with the scheme. Be interested to see if that increases um, your consumer spending in that, that in that area. Has any of you guys been to a restaurant lately? Oh, I have. Yeah, I, I've done the eat out, um, help out. Absolutely. I mean, entirely, of course, to help out. Yeah, I mean, golly, I, I, I got what was it, a sandwich for like two, a sandwich and a drink for two pounds. Honestly, that's cheaper than making it at home. It was great. <laughs> And also, um, I, just to say what you're saying, Annie, as well, I definitely I work from home a lot. I'm spending a, a lot less money on petrol, um, you know, and I, I I guess I have started spending more on things in the home and I'm having my kitchen done up at the minute. So definitely that expenditure has, has gone up. But yeah, it's... Uh, it, it, there's lots of things, big purchases that I've been put off. I was going to buy some new recording equipment. I'm, I'm a producer. That's what I do. Um, and that was, um, I've decided not to spend that now because there's so much uncertainty around. I'm, I'm put off buying anything, any, any big purchases. I don't, I don't know about you guys. Well, that's a very good point. And, and you know, this is the issue about um, buying houses, um, you know, moving property. Um, and, and I think, you know, good on the Chancellor for reducing the stamp duty or removing the stamp duty um, up to 500,000, because so many people are thinking exactly the same as you. You know, if you're not sure that you're going to have a job to go to or to carry on next year, why would you then buy a house for, you know, 250,000 or whatever That's and get a massive mortgage, even though mortgages are wonderfully cheap at the moment? Absolutely. And yeah, just to say that, you know, I'm always looking to chat to money 
any magpires. So if you want to feature in the podcast next time, get, have a look on the forum. There'll be a podcast thread there. Let us know what's happening with you and we can feature you on the next episode. Brilliant. Well, that's it for today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at moneymagpie easy to remember and if you have a story you'd like us to feature or have a burning question head over to the podcast thread on our forum and don't forget to download our free ebook with uh, turn to us about redundancy and how to recover uh, which is available on our website now it's completely free to download today's episode was presented by me jasmine Bertles, with annie thorpe um, and our special guest liam evans and was produced by john offord The Money Magpie music was composed for us by Thomas Hewitt-Jones.